Some may know him as a world traveler and movement enthusiast, some as a future literary of Japan, or maybe as a physical therapist. But I know him as Listen Boo Boo. Luke is a student of life, martial artist, adventure seeker, and traveler, and he is a proud member of the Navy. And he's here to share his views of positivity and all that he has learned through the studies of human movement. Don't forget to follow Plus Delta Pod on Instagram and Twitter, and visit our website plusdelta.org to listen to this and other episodes. Now, welcome everyone to a new episode of Plus Delta. Well, guys, welcome to another episode of Plus Delta.、Uh, we have a wonderful guest today, and we. We address each other as Hey Boo Boo, and for a story that we can tell <laughs> later on in the episode,、um, like Hey Boo Boo, kind of, but not exactly. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll tell the story in a moment, but yeah,、uh, obviously you heard Jerome is here.、Uh, but welcome to our guest, Luke. How you doing, man? Good, man. Good. I cannot complain at all. It's fun.、Uh, just been a good day, and、uh, I'm happy to be here with you guys. Yes, thank、awesome. you. Yeah, th- thank you for your time. I know whether it we're recording this on Labor Day, so we all likely had the day off. Yeah. But、uh, e- even then, sometimes we just want the day off to do nothing. So the fact that you took the time to be with us is very much appreciated.、Um, on that note, you want to go ahead and introduce yourselves to our. I always want to say guests to our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they're,、uh, that's, you know, in audio <laughs> and also in spirit. So, yeah, right, right. <laughs>、um, so, my name is Luke Francois.、Um, I am a、um, huge advocate for、uh, human movement.、Um, I work as a physical therapy assistant.、Um, I also coach、um, a variety of like different disciplines. And、um, yeah, man, I'm just stoked、uh, to. Be here. Awesome. Okay, so before we get on to human movement, because I had to look that up, I was all like, "Wait!" When I saw that that was one of the topics, I was thinking、yeah. like, "Okay, like human movement as in like a political sense." But then I was like, "Oh no, this is like related to like science and physical、uh, therapy." I want to get back to the honey boo boo or boo boo. How how did that all originate? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so and. Luke, jump in at any point if you want right, to interrupt、right. me if I miss a part of the story. So our the way that we met is through our mutual friend Danny, which、yeah. Jerome you've met recently. Yes. Yes.、Um, and it was actually for his wedding, and、yes. like we were both groomsmen, so like we were doing whatever. And so the day before, we were all up went to this campsite where we were having like the groomsmen like stay there and do whatever.、Yeah. And then the morning of that, we were getting ready. We started like playing some like card games and like doing、mm-hmm. whatever, just kind of like chilling,、mm-hmm. having fun. And then some... Yu-Gi-Oh, I assume, right? Huh? Yu-Gi-Oh.、What? No, no, <laughs> it wasn't. Uno you know, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it actually wasn't Yu-Gi-Oh, but it was.、Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it was card games. So not、yeah. not like trading card games, but like actual cards、right. and whatever.、Uh, right, right, right. And I think right. at some point maybe even Uno or I don't know. Yeah.、Um, but yeah, for some reason, I forget how we got into this, and maybe you remember this. Look, but we started like like doing different like impersonations or whatever, and something happened to where they said that I can be like a sassy black woman. So like something happened. <laughs> in, in, 
was. And I just went off on a rant on people. I think it started with Danny and they might have gone to somebody else. And I was just like, listen, boo-boo, we're going to do this, boo-boo. And like, he just went off and they get like super intense. So for the rest of that weekend, it was just, everything was like, hey, boo-boo, listen, boo-boo. And it just became But you also have to, do the, you also have to do the clap with it, right? Listen, boo-boo. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like the moment that I saw like him, Brian. The moment I saw him do that, I was like, okay, yeah, we're going to be friends for a while. Yeah, that, that, that's going to happen. That's definitely going to happen. Yeah. Oh, my so gosh. It, it just became a thing. So, like, throughout the entire time, and it was usually mainly to mess with Danny because, like, he was yeah. super stressed because, like, setting up the wedding, like, setting up the venue and all those different things. Yeah. Pretty much we were in charge of that, and you can tell that Danny was all kinds of stressed out with good mm -hmm. reason. Mm -hmm. So, like, every time that we could, we were trying to, like, make him laugh. But oh, it was usually definitely. at his expense, and we were laughing more than he was. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, that's just that whole thing. Oh, my God. Good times. Man. That was so great. Then, okay, so now actually getting back on to the topic, human right. movement. So tell us a little bit more about that. Like, how did you get into uh physical therapy and mm -hmm. your interest into mm -hmm. uh studying about the way that we move so um since i was a kid i've always been an active person like like stupid active um my my older siblings will always joke about like when i was like really young like when i was like i want to say four or something like that how like so like my dad built like this massive like bookcase right and like back then like you know we had like the tv like way up at the top of the bookcase why lord knows but um it was all the way up there and you know whenever my older sister would babysit you know there are some times where well she wasn't directly looking at us and you know in those opportunities i ended up climbing the bookcase i was like a little chip and i'm just like up here you know because like i couldn't find like the remote control for whatever reason and so i'm changing the channel and like she would just like appear out of like nowhere just watching me as i'm doing this and like i'll have like you know those like little like um like Roadrunner, like um, moments where, like, yes. as Roadrunner is like running, like he stops and like you know mid like activity and just kind of like looks at the camera. So it's kind of like that, right? So I'm like changing channel and then she pops out of nowhere and just like, and I just go back to what I'm doing. And so like you know she sits there and she's just shaking her head at me like, what? Why are you up there? Like, how did you get up there? And I'm just like, mm -hmm. I I climbed. I don't know what you want me to say. So like since like those days like my older siblings have always been cautious about me and uh what i'll get into because i'll absolutely get into anything um so that's kind of like i guess you could say precursor to to my activity and my dad um he was one of the bigger motivators in me getting into uh martial arts and so um when i got into martial arts Man, it was like a drug. I could, I could not, not do martial arts. Wait, and what martial arts do you study? So right now I'm doing MMA. Um, now before then I've done everything from um, Okinawan karate, Taekwondo, Muay Thai, Judo, and Krav Maga. Oh damn! Don't fuck with this guy. I just want your kindness. <laughs> one second he smiles, next second he's killing you. So yeah, be careful. <laughs> no, no, not at all. What are you talking about? 
Uh, but no, like for me, like it's not even about like being uh, the person to beat up on another person, right? It's it's right. about it's about control. So like um, my my first instructor his name was Masaki Hatsumi, Japanese um, instructor. Great, great man. I actually had a chance while living in Japan to like visit him and you know kind of like reconnect and so forth. And um, he's the one who basically taught me life through martial arts. That man has humbled me in more ways than I can count. Um, and through his like tutelage and of course my parents' upbringing, like there, there's, uh, I guess like some people think I give off like this air of like, just like peace. I remember my mom calling me like, you know, like telling me that I had like uh, the patience of a monk and yeah, I, I, I do. I'm, I'm a very patient person. I'm, I'm so patient. I don't know why. Um, but like the, the whole like uh, reasoning for me being into you know martial arts was to control my urges. Because sometimes, yeah, I want to scrap, but there's no point in me scrapping, you know, or, or, or getting mm-hmm. into like, you know, like uh, a fight for any reason. So it was just to control my urges. And like when you learn martial arts, you learn about learn a lot about what the human body can take and also what it can deliver. And for me, I don't want to hurt anybody. Like hurting anybody doesn't doesn't excite me. But me being able to push myself and see, you know, how much more I'm capable of doing, that excites me. And the first catalyst to that, at least in a formal setting, was martial art. And so um having had like uh Dr. Masaaki as my my first instructor was probably the the best um the best thing for me because like the first year i studied under him it, I, I promise you it felt like karate kid and i tell people that all right. the time because like mm-hmm. first time is like you need to learn how not to hit the line like why 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 am i coming here then? <laughs> <laughs> i don't understand <laughs> right but but the the whole the whole thing was that he he wanted me to uh essentially control my urges he wanted me to to learn uh, to to be patient and in you know in being you know patient I studied you know everybody else by watching and so I think that's kind of what helped right. me become more of a kinesthetic learner is having that that facet where I wanted to learn something so bad but the person who was supposed to be teaching me didn't teach me he wanted me to, to kind of like you know clean up the gym observe and like first, fix it yeah. yeah so I observed everybody else who had ranks and whatnot. And I'm watching their movements. I practice it on my own at home, whatnot. But it w- wasn't until like you know, all right, you know, let let, let me let me follow what this yeah, weird old guy says, right? Yeah. yeah. And like once that happened, I was like, wow, okay, I see why. I see why. You know, and that's so interesting that you bring up like the whole like controlling the urges and like contr- yeah. self control, like how not to hit somebody or whatever beforehand. Because I actually. You know, I have a lot of students in the school that I teach that like are very impulsive and like yeah. they get in fights and whatever and all those different things. And there's one student that actually it's middle school, so it's technically not graduation, but just right. graduated from our school right. that he was like that. He was like a big like fighter. Like if I get angry, like I'm going to react and I'm going to do yeah. whatever. And then it wasn't. Like as martial arts, like you're speaking, but it was boxing. He got into yeah. boxing. Like he got a coach. He was started training. He did mm-hmm. all those things, 
and after that, like he became almost like the mediator for anybody else that was getting ready to right. fight. Because he's like, listen, right. I, I'm now in control. I know, like, first of all, I am not certified. So, like, if I cannot fight, I'm probably gonna kill you because you're a child <laughs> and I'm a certified boxer. <laughs> but like, it was all those things of like he gained that control, like knowing mm -hmm. how to fight specifically and like mm -hmm. having that outlet. It completely mm -hmm. changes to where like, oh, I'm no longer reacting because now I'm like, okay, right. now I can analyze the situation. I can see this. I can right. do all that. And then it like reined it in as opposed to like some people might be like, oh, he's already angry and you're giving him something to fight. Like now he's going to be right. more violent. And it's like, no, it actually like had the exact opposite effect and like right. control them, calm them down and all that. So it's very interesting to see that connect. And, do you and think that it's like tied to like – Fighting is kind of like, well, I, won't, I don't want to say like fighting, but like doing the kinesthetic motion activity uh, con connected to like your emotions. So then it's kind of an outlet. So then whenever you're in a situation, you can kind of detach yourself uh, from your emotions where you're being rather proactive than reactive. Um, I think there's a lot of validity to that statement. But um, for me personally, um like I'm, I'm a slow to anger type person. Like it takes a lot to get me angry, and really the only triggers uh, that can like actually like that I've noticed excites me is like when something happens to the people I care about the most. You know, specifically family. Um, th th those things can set me off. But at the same time, like I like you, you have to do something like absurdly like wrong. Uh, for, for me to react in that way and still then like it, it has to like build up it's kind of like the pressure in like a, you know a, a bottle or whatnot like it had like it has to reach a certain peak before like the cap pops off yeah that's right that, that's me that's so, like, that like a liam nelson type like family that's what we see <laughs> That's when we see like all out like rage go goes out. Uh, but 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 like but the thing is is like like for me like e even with like that that pressure at, at its peak and whatnot that's the part that I wanted control over because I didn't want uh, to to be the very thing that I wanted to learn how to fight against which is bullies right I, I don't like bullies so for me like that's that's kind of what all that led to was for me to like learn how to uh, control uh, myself in, in the best way to learn how to respond to things, use, use all resources available to, to, um, to hash that out uh, before um, I resort to, you know, any form of physical contact. And if I am resorting to physical contact, it's to restrain, not to damage. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So then... Knowing you a little bit, uh, and I know, and from our talk before, I know like you're in love with like Japanese culture, and you ended up oh, in the cool. navy, and from the navy you went to Japan because you had that opportunity and all that. Mm. Is uh, did all those things stem from you starting martial arts, or did they just like happen to connect and they were all separate parts of you? Um, I'd, I'd say they stem from martial arts, absolutely, because um, my my teacher was Japanese, so. Um, everything that um, I learned about Japan, even having not been there, um, was because of how he was trying to discipline me. Because he, he used old Japanese ways while he was here in America. 
And to some people, that was like, mm, that doesn't that doesn't fly here in America. But like, it worked with every student that he you know had right. under him. So, um, yeah, uh, that's that's kind of what um, that's kind of what uh, propelled you know that love you know. And like I tell everybody, like whoever asks me about martial arts, it's not it's not about like the, like when he taught me, he wasn't teaching me how to fight. He was teaching me life through martial arts, and having had that like having learned that for somebody so wise as somebody that i admired um it it's almost like he imparted a part of himself onto me and so i also reflect that back so okay, which which type of martial arts was it that he taught you first so he taught me okinawan karate uh, okay. so yeah it's the oldest version of known karate um, most uh, modern versions of karate stem from that. Gotcha. Yep. That's so interesting because uh, yep. I'm a Navy brat and <laughs> I know that Okinawa is a One base. Alexa, stop along. Uh oh. Oh, you're good. <laughs> okay. So, as I was saying, since I'm like a Navy brat and I know that Okinawa is one of the Navy bases uh, mm. in Japan. So yep. you having that uh, going to Japan and being stationary like in the Navy, that's like such a full circle to right. <laughs> uh, connect everything with. It was all like, well, who knew? <laughs> right. <laughs> so then, and it also your story reminded me of just like anime, just in general. I'm just thinking of all like, okay, like this is like Ryu, like, you know, fighting his like inner demons and uh himself <laughs> but 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 then i'm just thinking what is the biggest lesson that you've learned through uh your training in martial arts um i think there's two lessons that um that stuck with me um i want to say the first is uh obviously uh patience and not not just patience with uh, learning things, but having patience with yourself and in terms of like development, because uh, with martial arts there, it, it helps you develop in a variety of different ways uh, if you're really open to that. And so um, becoming the person that I am now, um, I, I can only attribute it to to martial arts, you know, how how passionate, how hungry uh, for knowledge, how, how much I you know may want to learn in some facet you know and this this could very well be me just trying to make a connection uh but i i feel like you know a lot of that does does stem from like you know those early teachers you know dr masaki being one of them that sounds like so much like self-compassion as well through that because right. one thing that you pointed out about being patient with others but then at the same time the patience with yourself and i think that as we go through our lives is just because we don't get something i know for me if i don't get something within the 10 to 30 minutes like i get frustrated myself but then i have to go back and like tell myself like well this is the first time you tried it like you know what could be some some other ways <laughs> that you can uh, not even sorry no, go ahead, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, not even with like something like that, that it's like the first 20, 30 minutes, which like I know that I've gotten like frustrated with too, but I feel like you mentioned like development and personal growth and all that. I feel like that's just like life in general. Cause like, I think right. of when I teach my students, like if they don't get something right away or like, even if they've been trying for years and they still say, oh, I suck at math. Like mm -hmm. I still tell them like, okay, well you poop constant practice, you do this, do whatever. Mm -hmm. And then I think of like long-term goals that I've had and like, you know, because I 
trying really hard to work on this, but I tend to be an <laughs> over planner to where like I say, okay, by 27, this needs to be done. By 33, this needs to be done. Right. Like I set right. like this timelines and then I get here and I'm like, <laughs> I hate life and I'm failing at everything <laughs> because it didn't go a specific way. And I know like if it was somebody else, I would be like, oh no, it's okay. We'll work it out. Like here's this, like all that. But when it comes to like the patience for myself, it's almost non-existent and it's sometimes like, within that process right there there's there's something to be learned like like kind of like how how you were saying like um like say if you're waiting for something right like say you go to a fast food place and like you're you're you order something and like the order is not coming out as soon as you want it you know i kind of like put myself in like the the person who's making it you know i i put myself in their shoes like right they, they, they've, they've got a lot of people that they're trying to cater to you know what hey it's it's all right if I wait a little longer. Mm -hmm. Is it is it is it going to kill me? No, chances are it's going to you know sure increase my appetite and you know make the experience of like having what it is I'm getting you know even better. You know or you know you know conversely like if if um I set a particular goal to reach at a certain age right and I for some reason don't meet it just because life right. Chances are there is something that I'm supposed to learn within that process, right? Something right. that I'm, I'm supposed to learn before I acquire uh, set certification, skill, goal, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And it's not just, it's not my time to acquire it just yet because I don't have the skill set, the traits, or whatever I'm missing to earn that. You know, so I'm a little more patient with myself in terms of acquiring. It doesn't mean that I'm not hungry for it or that I don't chase it. No, but sometimes that there, there are other reasons. You know, prior to you like acquiring something that that you know you have to kind of be open to. Wow, that's just so empathetic of yourself, and even just spreading that to others. I love that. So then being going into martial arts how did that connect to you going to physical therapy and um researching more about the human movement uh so with human movement um it's it's very dynamic um in, in my opinion so like you look at for instance like all the uh, olympic sports right that that mm -hmm. we have right now um like i kind of think um how do i express this so well first let's talk about what is human movement for our listeners who <laughs> who may not know the whole field behind it so human movement is uh the body being able to uh adapt conversely to various like stressors uh, and being able to to move you know in a more three-dimensional way I think a lot of times, like when we go to the gym, we we kind of like think, you know, in a very like linear like type fashion. Like, right. oh, I'm just going to I'm just going to do a bicep curl, but does the bicep just curl? Doesn't it do right. more? Right? And 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 like and to think that way with all the muscle groups. And you know, again, if you look at life, right, how you operate in life, you don't just sit behind a desk. You you walk. You climb. You 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 roll you 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 pull you push you know like you like there are so many different types of movement 
you know, and if you look at all the different sports, there's one thing that every sport has, right? That, that has in common athletes. Athletes are what a part of like the entire like uh, spectrum mm-hmm. of like the human race, right? Which tells me that all human beings have the propensity to move in any of these dynamic fashions. This is just a matter of time and conditioning. You know, mm-hmm. and, and so if the body is like is exposed to that to uh, the conditioning over a set period of time, you know, will you move like these specialists in the in the Olympics or anything like that? Maybe not. But what you can do is develop an attribute of like fitness, whether it's flexibility, strength, balance, coordination, mm-hmm. so forth, to help make up the whole package. Right. You you might not be a superstar, but you'll be able to, like you said, right. be in a better physical condition for whatever your range is. Right. So, so, so chances are you'll be a a a specialized generalist, if anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then, speaking about like movements and everything, because I did when I was looking up human movement the other day, and I became an expert in thirty minutes. everyone else you know when we start researching everything uh such as uh, covid or things happen in afghanistan in the 30 minutes that we research we all become experts so we have everything to say (laughs) i've read webmd i'm clearly a doctor (laughs) yeah absolutely But, but now like one thing that like I saw that an article i was reading i guess that like 10 moves that are going extinct uh, mm-hmm. One was like sitting in a chair, uh, sitting without a chair. So just like sitting on the floor mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. in that whole aspect. Cause like, and I thought about that for a moment. I was like, okay, well, let me see if I can like, you know, sit down. And I realized like my hips are like so tight that like I couldn't sit down for <laughs> like more than 10 minutes. And right. now I'm just thinking about, okay, when I go and go to Japan, uh, mm-hmm. next year hopefully you know if everything's right. open right like you know like uh, they sit down a lot in, in a in a seated position i was yeah. like oh damn i have a lot of work to do <laughs> <laughs> so something that i i love um so i i teach uh i teach both kids and adults um parkour right and uh what's cool about that is kind of like seeing the light bulbs just like finally like turn on when people realize oh so if I break down like a move that I want to learn into smaller pieces, it's easier to digest and it's easier to execute. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, that's that's kind of the whole point of what, what I was teaching you. You know, that's that's <laughs> that's how that's how I approach things, right? Like if something seems so complex, greater than what my personal athleticism is able to execute, I look at the move from the the from the experience that I've had from tumbling, from parkour, from martial arts and so forth. And I'm just like, all right, what is this move? Okay, how do I break it apart? Okay, can I relate it to anything that I've done in the past? Okay, cool. If I can, let me dissect those pieces that I know I can build on from past experiences so that I can develop the skill as a whole. Will it take me longer? Yes, but can I teach it better? Absolutely. Oh man. And I'm totally fine with that. And and I believe I believe in progressions. And I I like to approach everything in a progression format whenever I'm like, you know, teaching and, and learning. And like when you see like kids, kids are like the most epic like movers like on earth. 
Cause, oh yeah. Because they, they aren't absolutely because they aren't specialists, right? They they aren't confined by the things that you and I are. Like when we tell the kids, hey, stop doing that and whatnot. No, let the kid be the kid. Like let them right. let them move. They don't like sitting in chairs and sitting behind a desk, you know, for so long. They like to roll around. They like to they like to flip. They like to climb. They like to hang. They like to do all these different things. And think about like when you were a kid, you like doing the same things too, right? Or, or you're at least or at least you're figuring out how your body you know works in that fashion, which is why kids are like the most epic movers. And then like when they become adults, it's like, oh, I'm gonna sit behind the desk and behind the computer. It's like, why? No, do something. Like, <laughs> you know? So like like and that those are things that I look at, you know, not just from a uh, mindset of like physical therapy or, or whatnot, you know, where we teach people how to do a lot of functional movement and depending on their injury, we try to uh, try to uh, focus it on more like, you know, fine tune muscles that people probably don't know mm-hmm. that they actually have and try to build those smaller muscles to help support the larger muscles and thus help with the functional movement. Because if for some reason you can't sit in a chair or if you fall, you can't pick yourself back up, there's a problem, you know? And, and it, you know, sometimes I practice like, you know, things like, I don't know, like sit, seeing like crisscross applesauce and trying to stand up without the use of my hands. By the way, I, I, I'm so glad that you said what you just said, because I've been thinking this whole time that Jerome mentioned like sitting in the floor and whatever. And I don't know why we've been trained to, instead of saying like sitting with your legs crossed, we're all trying to say crisscross applesauce. Like, right. no <laughs> what. like that's automatically the way that we describe that. It's just like, yeah, right. I say crisscross applesauce. Like what? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> I think it's just an easier way to just help us like the mnemonic device that just helps right. us like remember. <laughs> Yeah, Wait. I just like because it's just so natural. Like from right. the moment that you were in elementary school to like growing as adults, they're just like, no, we sing crisscross applesauce. Right. <laughs> Which okay, I, I now I have a funny story to to say uh, okay. about that about crisscross applesauce because there was a group of teachers, mm-hmm. <laughs> as we all like to have uh, fun beverages and so forth. And yes, and so with those beverages, uh, someone got a little bit too excited. So we were pride and yeah, yeah, all that. And then so uh, as we were leaving the uh, restaurant, they were um, running to their car, and someone yelled out, "Hey, so and so, sit down, crisscross applesauce." And they literally just automatically did it. Like they just fell to the ground and just sat like crisscross applesauce. And I was just all like, I, I don't know if I can just automatically just do that with my body. Right. <laughs> so wait, okay. Walk us through like how would you teach parkour even like through like physical therapy, like the progression of getting them to I guess whatever movement that you want them to be. Cause I'm actually fascinated by that. So, Wait, um, Jerome is very well known to throw people on the spot and be like, teach me something right now in five seconds. So. I, mean, <laughs> I love to learn and I love to gain new you know, perspectives. So um, it, it, I guess it would just kind of depend on like the skill that you're trying to learn, right? And I try to break it into like very simple terms and not like just keep it in like the parkour jargon or try to go into like physical therapy jargon, right? So um there's something that we call uh, a safety, um, a safety vault, right? 
a safety vault is, um, as the name suggests, you trying to go over an object as safe as possible. So typically when you are executing it, you want to practice on a uh, on a relatively flat um, and wide surface. Uh, and like, you know, say like you're going over, um, I don't know, um, say you're going over a log, right? Like a, a, a horizontal log. So your opposite arm, say your left hand dominant, right? So you put left hand down and you put the right leg on top of uh, on top of the log, right? And you feed your left, uh, you feed your, so left arm down, right leg on top, and you feed that left leg through to get to the opposite side. Safety fault button. That's it requires balance. Yeah, it does require balance. It requires a little bit of like coordination to try to feed that arm through, right? So like think of you kind of creating a uh, rectangle, right? With your um, left arm and your right leg as you're trying to feed that left leg through that opening that you've created, right? Now, mm -hmm. with, with that skill, you can easily uh, develop it into what we call a speed vault, right? Because it has, it has uh, components of the safety vault. Now, the difference being is that instead of placing my right leg on the object, right, I'm just placing my uh, left arm on the object and I'm pushing up uh, a little harder off of my right leg as I'm vaulting over the object. So my only point of contact now is my left hand, right? So now I'm like, I'm lessening the surface contact, right? But still executing the skill, I, I've just kind of stepped it up, you know, a little bit, right? So, you know, think things like that and trying to like help build like that uh, awareness and connection when you go on to something else that's a little more difficult, you know, and you remind students, you know, like whether they have to do it a couple of times, hey, you know how you understand the mechanics of this well? Good. Here's how we're going to turn the mechanics that you've already, you know, gotten used to or that you've already mastered to turn it into something completely different. The moment that they land it, sometimes they land it on their feet, sometimes they don't, but you start watching how their bodies uh, mechanically move mm -hmm. while doing you know that skill and from there you're piecing together based off of their understanding and their movement type all right here's what you can do to make it better and i try to get like limit my corrections to like just three things you know so just those three things so that they can focus on and the moment that they land it the first time oh i get excited like i like like there's like, wait, did I do it? And like I get hype. Like I, I, I am their hype man. And like they they they're I'm like, you know, and I'll probably be like the loudest person in the gym. I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's go. And like they look at me like, oh my gosh, my coach is ready for me. For you. And so like it's just, we make it a big deal because I want them to understand, listen, you just conquered something you thought you couldn't yeah. do. You right. know? And and it was all by breaking down the the movement from things you knew and slowly introducing the things you didn't know so that you can finish executing the skill. So, yeah. Luke, you are an awesome teacher. Cause like literally, like, of course, me and my like analytic self, I was like, oh my God, he scaffolded, he gave positive reinforcement. He also <laughs> gave I was just like, ah! 
I was over here like just like geeking out over here. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's so true because every every step and thing that you said and the way that you said it, all I was doing in my head was connecting. I'm like, oh, in the academic classroom, that would work just right. And this would work great for a math lesson. And this, and I'm like, it's all connected. You're doing such a great job. <laughs> Not that we're here to evaluate you, but like our minds as teachers just naturally gravitate to like, oh, what is he doing? How can I involve that into my teaching? So You're yeah, it was great. there you go. You can take my job. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that that's how I that's how I've always taught. Like I remember like when I was going through uh, physical therapy school, like they they were just like, You've coached before, haven't you? I'm just like <laughs> why there's like because the way that you talk and how you explain things and just like break it down for people who just don't know like all the the anatomy and biomechanic terms that you know it's like yeah you, you, you've done this before like you, you could not have not done this before so yeah it's, it's pretty cool. you you were my physical therapist because every time <laughs> therapy uh twice one for uh my knee because i did a death drop or a dip as people say in the voguing community and then the next day i couldn't move my leg <laughs> mm. uh so there was that and i remember my physical therapists they were just all like there's pain they're suffering through pain you know there's um you can pretty much uh, get through it if you just go through the pain. And I thought that physical therapy, they were going to give massages and they were going to, you know. We do me. if the treatment requires that. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, well, for me, it was a lot of, which I didn't mind because I go to the gym, but it was just a lot of like lifting and just like working on my leg and balancing. And it was just like push, push, push. And mm. then just after the end, they were just all like, okay, you did a good job. Pound the back. Like, <laughs> that, that was it. I was just all like, oh, man. Like, when I learn about, like, people and, like, their activities, so we're not, like, you know, if we're like, speaking, like, physical therapy, um, I like to, I like to learn, like, what people do in, in, in their activities. Like, like, what, what is normal movement for you when you are doing this? And I'll do my, re I'll do my research. Like, I'll, I'll check out, like, you know, the sport or activity. I'm just like, oh, okay, so there's a lot of bending or a lot of twisting. Oh, there's a lot of balancing. Okay, cool let's let's try to gear um your treatment you know around that Basically, you're like daily right? thing, yeah and, and like being a physical therapy assistant i, I talked to a physical therapist and like well well conversion is like well if they love doing this more than likely after they leave us they're going right back to it so let's just cater it to you know that activity right so um you know whatever the injury regardless of like its severity try to get you as close to uh full function as possible while catering it to your specific um sporting activity because then you know it because you love that that thing that you do right it's going to make you want to practice what you learned in your physical therapy treatment a lot more at home right then that's right. only going to speed up the the recovery and so like that that's that's stuff that i like to do so like when we you know go back to like you know topic of like human movement right all encompassing and i i study a lot of like different sports even sports that i honestly just don't care about right um and like and it's because like my patient pool isn't going to be martial arts gymnastics tumbling you know or you know the 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 activities that i enjoy right it's going right. to be a variety of like different types of patients so if i go out of my comfort zone and learn okay this is what you do cool 
What are common movements with what you do? What are common injuries? All right, cool. Now I know how best to cater this to you. And while I'm like, you know, treating patients, treat like anybody else. Like, hey, we'll have like a great conversation, but understand, I'm not the guy that's going to like, oh, that, that was a good effort. I'm going to push you, you know, but that's because I'm watching you as you're doing things and I'm, I'm studying how you move and what you, what you receive, what, what, what makes you want to do more. Oh, that's what you like doing. This is what encourages you. Oh, great. Let's capitalize on that. Mm -hmm. Right. And and I think it's easier like to be pushed by someone that does what you're doing, because I feel Mm -hmm. like if you're just telling me, like forcing me to do this exercise, because it's what you write in the book is the best thing to do. Right. It just makes me feel like, okay, you don't really care. You're just telling me to do something that I probably looked up online, not done it right. And then hurt myself more, whatever. Like it just demotivates Mm -hmm. me. But like Mm -hmm. you're saying like, oh, you like to play soccer? Okay, so let's do these movements. That way you can still do what you enjoy right. while you're going through the recovery. So that's like, oh, right. okay, I see a purpose for this. So right. yes, you're pushing me and it might be difficult at times, but you're working with what I enjoy. So I see yep. the purpose behind everything that it is that I'm doing. So I was like, okay, exactly. fine. I, I, I'm going to do what you're telling me to do. That's, that's, I don't know. I, I feel like that's like the best practice. And there may be people out there that like just, you know, don't agree with me. And that's okay. Everybody has like different opinions. But I mean, no, they're wrong. You know, <laughs> <laughs> they're wrong. <laughs> but I mean, like, from, we our stamp of approval. Right. <laughs> but I mean, like, based off of like, you know, how I understand like the, the mind works, how habits are, are built, and like what people enjoy. And people are typically going to go back to what they enjoy until they absolutely cannot, for whatever reason, do it anymore. All right, cool. Let me know what excites you because I want to get you excited about going back to that again. And whatever I have to do, whatever convincing I need to do to the therapist that's giving me the treatment, yeah, we're going to do that. So uh, let's have some fun. And I, I like whenever I go into work, it's always fun for me. Like I never think about it as work. Like. Anytime I'm going, I'm like, excited, let's go. I, I never know what patients, sometimes I don't know what patients that I, I get, you know, other times, like, you know, they're, they're pretty, like, you know, uh, recurring patients, but, like, it's always exciting to me because, hey, this is one step closer to you and I getting to your next goal. Let's go. Right. Are, like, are you excited? I'm stoked. Let's go. I love the shift of mindset. Yeah, that, yeah, like you're, you're bringing change, like, in, in a physical sense, but also in a mental sense as well, of bridging that like connection with the body, mind, and soul. Yeah, just like this with this flowy movement. <laughs> yes, I, think, I, I, I speak with my body. <laughs> I think I think something that one of my teachers like uh, you know uh, instructed me on, or like told me was like that still sticks with me today was. Practice makes permanent. Perfect practice makes perfect, and repetition is the mother of all skills. Wait, what was that? I say that again. Practice makes permanent. Perfect practice makes perfect, and repetition is the mother of all skills. That when takes. Have, a, uh, that's a lot of like thinking right there. It's very meta. <laughs> and, and, and it's true if you think about it, right? Like you know, like there's if you practice something wrong, right? It's only going to take twice as much time to to undo it and, and learn right. it right, you know? So the, the, the practice, you know, portion, you know, while it's great, there's, there should be some, you know, 
thought behind you know the methodology in, in how you're practicing right you, you want mm -hmm. to practice with good movement with good form so that when it comes time to for you to execute right you execute flawlessly and sometimes people will just learn bad habits over time whether it's pain induced right. or what whatever the case may be you know uh, so, you know, I, I see the validity in that. And I've learned that, you know, personally, like, you know, when learning uh, new techniques, new forms, new skills, weapons and stuff like that. And it's like, you know, they are so right. Oh, my gosh. And and like you, you see the value in all the basic movements in any mm -hmm. activity. Right. And if you don't execute them, you know, to to perfection as much as you want do the more advanced, uh, the flashy, or or or, or like the, the the cool movements. If you don't have this foundation of of, right. of good right. form and technique, then it doesn't matter whether you're able to do the flashy things. You're probably going to do it in a way that's going to injure you down the road. So why learn something with poor I learned it form? Wrong. Yeah, right. Yeah, why why do that? So like what you know why. When I first heard that, I was like, man. And I, I heard that thing since I was like a kid. So, yeah, to, to think that mm. 25 years later, I still remember it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I'm going to make a segue here. So, we're talking about, like, okay, things cool. that you really enjoy to do and, like, things that you're very passionate about. So, you're very passionate about Japanese culture and you very much enjoyed Absolutely. your trips there. So, tell yeah. us a little bit about your experiences on that end um japan is like and and when i speak about japan i know like a lot of people think oh my gosh japan has no flaws they do uh but like it's very far in between in, in, in terms of like all things that i like about it and when i first uh got to japan um i i wanted to know like where like the nearest like japanese uh japanese american association uh was so i could like start learning you know, like what we call survival Japanese, right? But you can learn how to, I don't know, get a cab or how to order things or how to ride mm -hmm. the train or whatnot, or, you know, things that you're going to do regularly. And so learning the language was very interesting. Um, katagana and hiragana, cool. Kanji, oh my gosh. I, that like, is a journey. That is, <laughs> that is a mountain. <laughs> <laughs> it is a steep mountain, my friend. Like, um, learn learning kanji is, is is rough. And like a friend of mine, um, uh, who lives in Fukuoka, she she was telling me, uh, mind you, she's you know Japanese born and raised. She was telling me how like if you learn katagana and hiragana, you are like set in terms of like reading anything, speaking Japanese, whatever. So I was like, oh, noted. All right, I, let, let me let me jot this down. Cool. <laughs> um, and then, like, I remember, uh, gosh, the, the people there are very amazing, amazing people. And I, I mean, I did my homework in terms of learning about uh, customs and courtesies, and um, you know, trying to learn as much about the culture. But really, it's you being open to to understanding the culture and immersing yourself in that culture, even if you don't adopt anything, you know, from it, but learning it to, to understand the people, right? Um, mm -hmm. Because, and, and that's something that I do wherever I travel. If I'm going anywhere, I need to understand the people 
who mm-hmm. I'm going to be living with for whatever set period of time, right? Because there's there's that bridge that you want to create between you and them, right? For whatever future purposes, you know, or for your own growth and benefit, you know, you want to build that bridge. So learning about, you know, the, the food, the anime, the the you know, like popular like places not just like things that are like overly popularized you know and not just a touristy popular stuff right you know like like things like um hot springs shrines learning about like some like their their samurai and ninja culture whatnot and um and understanding the differences between um buddhism and 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 shinto whatnot and um like uh, understanding you know why they have an honor-based society out there right and and seeing how that kind of permeates with how they they teach their young how their schools are 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 functioning you know how um they get their children into various extracurricular activities to build a strong sense of like of of culture and home right while they're Uh also instilling honor patience and hard work right and so like learning those things you know helps you create a deeper appreciation of i i get i get it i get it now and and how like a lot of that is also um uh, transcribe it into like their media, right? Like how how they like for instance, like us, we like anime, right? And so, right. and so, knowing how you know their culture is, and looking at anime after having your eyes kind of exposed to that culture, you start to see things that are aren't you know entirely noticed, where there's like the architecture and how they do it. In, in the anime, right? Or how they mm. try to uh, portray uh, Japanese, um, I call it Japanese-isms in, in, you know, like culture, things that you would normally see, whether it's like the food, right? Um, what, what, was, what was that anime about like the, the, the food? Um, food Wars? Uh, yeah, food, yeah, Food Wars. Like how like some of those like, uh, like, like cultural dishes like that, you know, you saw there, like I can actually have it you know while i'm here and like really enjoy it and appreciate it for what it is and it's like Mm -hmm. okay or or like when you go to like like tokyo i like to call tokyo like the manhattan of the east you know Mm because like because like you know how manhattan has all these like different subcultures um right the the way i see it in 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 tokyo and anybody can like you know uh, say otherwise but like it's almost like they have uh, subcultures of, of, of not, not necessarily people, but interests, right? So, like, you know, maybe you have a food district here, or you have like the art and fashion district here, or like you'll have like the anime and like, you know, and like, like what I call nerd district, you know, in, in, in a particular area. And it's just like, oh, Okay, it's cool. like neighborhoods like right? within the, the whole city. So, not exactly, every neighborhood right? is going to be like the same. Right. And it's not so much that it's overly populated, you know, for for set interests, but it, it's kind of something that you kind of see as a common theme in each of those areas. Right. So it's like it's kind of cool to, to, to see that. And when you go to other places, you tend you, you want to have the same appreciation to, again, build that bridge, you know, between you and others. And so it's like, oh, OK, cool. That makes total sense. 
Um, and, and that's how I like to kind of like view other places whenever I, you know, go to visit them. Not just learning the language, learning the food and visiting, you know, the popular tourist areas. No, like we're places that like that travelers don't normally frequent. Can I go there? Mm-hmm. I like, is, is that acceptable for a, a foreigner to, you know, go there and learn about the culture? And if so, cool, let's do it. You know, and I would go with, you know, American friends as well as Japanese friends to learn about, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, that culture. And you, when you open yourself and people see that you're opening yourself to that, they're so much more receptive to you. You know, they're, they're so much more willing to like, kind of like take you under their wing and teach you, you know. And for personal development, to me, that's that's great. I, I want to be taught. I see I view myself as a student of life, not just a student of movement. You know, so, yeah. you know, I'm willing to learn from anybody. And, and it, with certain things, sometimes you just take it with a grain of salt, you know. Um, and then with other things, they kind of stick with you, you know, for, for, you know, for an extended period of time and help you educate others, you know, and, you know, hope that you, you know, kind of like leave the world better than when you found it. Luke, uh, I t- love it. I, because <laughs> traveling, I feel the same way, like in that aspect of like understanding the people and their and their life and their perspective. Because one of the biggest things that like I've learned through traveling is that not everyone lives life the same way that you do. So, and what I mean by that is, you know, for American culture, like we wake up, we have our breakfast, we go to work. And when we get off, we either go home and, you know, we tend to our families and so forth. There's some cultures that there's a break within their day that they, you know, like they take a siesta, take a nap. And then, then, you know, they go back to work. There's some cultures who after work that they stay with their employees and they have connections with their uh, employees and then they go home. So Mm -hmm. it's it's a different type of uh, lifestyle. I just think that's just so fascinating to understand that, you know, there's billions of people in this world and we all don't live the same way. Right. And and it's fun to learn those differences, too. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And with that being said, so of the Japanese culture, whether it's more of like, not in the fancy is the word I was looking for, but like the fancy style from the city of Tokyo or like the more like traditional customs of like the outside part of it. If there's one piece of culture or like something that you've learned from the culture that you think everyone should adopt, what would that be? You don't have to pick just one, but I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so something that I... I um, did a lot was like because uh, you know my connection with martial arts is studied mm. both Japanese and samurai cultures um, just because like in popular media you see it a lot right and right. Like, like a lot of people don't really know that much about you know mm-hmm. what they were about I outside of being taught um, you know like the, the warrior code the code Bushido right mm-hmm. um, like and while that is a samurai aspect, some part of me identifies more with the ninja culture than anything else. And something that people don't know about ninja, like the, the actual like kanji for ninja or shinobi, right? Uh, mm-hmm. it, it act, there's part of that kanji where it, it, uh, it actually means to endure. And that's what ninjas were. They were like probably the, the 
the world's greatest endurance experts, period. Now, with popular media, a lot of people like, like to consider ninjas like expert fighters. Ninjas fought, but seldomly. You know, they're more information gatherers. And with a country that's about 70 or so percent mountains and whatnot, and knowing that they have to traverse through uncommon terrain to get the information where they need to get it, like, they, they were just masters of just ingenuity of, of like, of every, everything from mountaineering to, to like, um, uh, developing, like, uh, like these, these small like uh, food rations um, that, that will help them in, in, in their journey. They, they, every tool that they had didn't have one purpose. They had a multitude of purposes. Um, and, and, and so like you start to like realize like, wait, man, ninjas are fucking awesome. Like they are amazing. And, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of people don't know all, all the, all the uh, nuances that help make the ninja just that right and like in 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 my studies and you know just like learning you know all about them it's like wow even i was completely uninformed and just doing your homework you know even if it's just one small thing about that culture but kind of learning how much that's that one thing will like domino effect into something just completely massive like I think that it is it's huge because I learned more about Japanese culture having you know studied how ninjas operated. You know, I learned more about uh, Japanese culture. You know, learning about you know the 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 reasons behind what makes samurai so cool in our eyes, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, wow, okay, this is pretty cool. And like now, I just want to kind of like do that with like other cultures, like I don't know. <laughs> so when you you talk about endurance are you talking also like mental endurance physical endurance like what all that both to be honest like um th- their um their conditioning is more um is more body weight um conditioning than anything right but it's also how they approach their um conditioning because think about like things that we uh, kind of like stereotypically see with like, you know, ninjas in movies, right? Like uh, there, there's this, uh, what is it called? Uh, it's called the Tanuki Gakuren no Jutsu. And it basically it's, uh, there's this um, mammal that's in Japan known as the Tanuki, right? It's like- Oh, like, yes, Mario. <laughs> right, right? So it's like, so it's like, it was like their version of a raccoon, right? Uh, yes. and, and, so, and so like, it's one of like the only um, uh, canid, uh, mammals that they climb right and and so like you know learning how they uh, uh learn certain mechanics from things that are within nature you know um and and, and deriving that and adding into like their skill set of techniques and still mm-hmm. to this day it, it permeates right because like uh something people that don't know about ninjas right it's like uh, they they capitalize on like on understanding the human psyche, right? So it's not just like oh hiding, you know, in the shadows. No, they can hide in plain sight, and you'll never know. You you just won't tell why because they understand how like certain cultures or classes or jobs back then, you know, how they operated, and they they use that to their advantage to infiltrate 
uh, certain like you know cultures and so forth, and like you couldn't tell that. Oh, that's a ninja? No way! What are you talking about? Like you don't know, right? And so it's just like right. it's interesting to see how they would like learn these things, you know, to add to like their skill set to help them accomplish their job, whether they're discreetly, you know, doing it, you know, from like comfort of the shadows or just in plain sight without you even knowing. So things, things like that. Um, and, and, and so much more like I gosh I could I could like divulge like I have like literally uh an entire like word document off of like <laughs> things that I was like learning from them and I'm just like what oh my god <laughs> are you serious <laughs> like and I'm just like sitting here I'm just like because like my ninja like my notes are like are, like 17 pages for for like ninjas and, and like for like samurai I got like six I'm just like oh my gosh <laughs> So um, as we're getting close to our end of time, I'm yeah. going to throw you some three rapid fire questions Shoot. before we get to our plus Delta. You ready? Ta-da-da. Favorite martial art? Uh, favorite martial art to date is definitely uh, Kyokushin Karate. Favorite place in Japan? Favorite place in Japan, Osaka. Favorite anime? Ooh, there's going to be some judging with this. <laughs> oh, oh, my favorite anime is history's mightiest disciple kenichi never heard of it so i'll take it <laughs> I, 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 i've heard of it i haven't watched it i have a couple I, of the manga uh for my students to read <laughs> cool i said three questions but it's really five uh okay. favorite japanese food Ooh, it would have to be coco's curry mm. if you've never had coco's curry i believe yeah. trust me japanese curry that thing changed your life and then last rapid fire question other than martial arts what's your favorite sport archery nice yeah and i knew that but i don't want to throw that in there that I knew. <laughs> <laughs> i'm just like, getting like reminded of like inyasha and like you know thinking that we're all gonna be kagome and just like shoot an arrow <laughs> so, like, you know like a spirit bullet and stuff <laughs> <laughs> So, oh my gosh. Again, thank you, Luke, for your time. But as you know, before we let any of our guests go and spend the rest of their Labor Day for free uh, right. and not being harassed by questions, we do ask mm. uh, for your plus and delta. So your positive and your change that you would like to see. Um, positive. You can go in any order. <laughs> uh, I guess the positive that I would like to see is people being more uh, receptive to like other cultures you know i feel like um for some reason just because we live in like different uh states and countries and on different continents like we feel like there's like this division amongst people whereas we're still just one human race so just learning to like really connect uh, and change for people to move more <laughs> uh like i said before you know i feel like you know we, we because of how busy our lives get, we become like sedentary and like in, in some aspects, yep. e- even I am, you know, uh, regardless of all things that I do. Um, and um, just to realize that, you know, us moving um, helps us to experience life better. You know, the right. more that the more that you're able to move, the more that you get out and the more that you uh, engage, um, you tend to experience life in, in a, in a different like set of eyes. Right. And, and there's a lot to, to, to do. There's a lot to experience, you know, outside, like staying out, 
you know, within the comfort of our home, within reason because of COVID, right? But, um, you know, like, to, to really, you know, put yourself out there. You know, even if you stink at it, that's okay. Everybody stinks at something, at, you, know, you know, at the beginning. But, you know, to, to really just immerse yourself in, in any activity and not just to gain the, um, not just to gain uh, the skill set associated with that activity, but learn how that can also conversely uh, help with mental development, right? Um, helps, mm-hmm. you know, with, with perseverance. It helps with, you know, kind of building, you know, um, that, that fortitude, right? Um, and I think it will help our world be a more healthier um, and, and more vibrant world and just people being more, um, you know, wholesome and in some ways that'll help unite us, you know? Some people don't like doing things alone. Wise words from a wise man. Thank you for taking us through your journey today. Yeah, definitely. It was fun. Yeah, it's definitely a journey of positivity. Like you've left me like ready to like go back in my classroom and be like, I'm gonna cheer for you all the time instead of just making jokes. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I absolutely enjoy doing that. Like you like you can ask any of my students, you know, without my presence. And it's like, yeah, Coach Luke, I don't know what's going on with him, but like he's just like wild whenever like he gets something. And like they could not be my student, you know, the moment that I hear that they, like someone like gets the skills, like, yeah. Oh man. Positivity spreads positivity. Definitely. And with that, folks, we will be back with our own Plus and Delta. And we're back, folks. All right. So, Brian, real quick, I wanted to ask you about our Blend Spotify playlist. What were your thoughts? Oh, are we advertising for Spotify right now since we are on Anchor app? No! Yes, we are on the Anchor app, which is actually linked to Spotify. But I wanted to know your thoughts and opinions because you never gave me that. I actually love the idea. I haven't listened to our Blend that you sent me all the way through yet, but no, I, I love it. I just feel like I gotta find more people to do the blends with. I think we should post it on our website. Oh, that's a cool idea. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah. Just so people can get a feel of what kind of stuff we listen to. Yes, because it's literally all over the place. Yeah, it goes so from like musicals like... to emo to K-pop to all the stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Okay, so another thing. Remind me, I'm eating a cookie. Uh, no, I'm, very, I'm professional. very professional, you know, just showing the listeners that you can just do whatever you want. After we had our conversation, I actually tried getting up without using my hands, and I had to do it six times until, um, and what I mean by getting up for my hands, so let me go through the whole phase. So I sat crisscross upsoffs or oh. legs crossed, and then so standing up from that position without having your hands on the ground uh that was a challenging task to say the least have you done that before in the you know recent years recently no i almost kind of want to pause what we're doing and try it right now do it all right i'll I'll critique you'll critique and maybe we can put up video of us trying and failing this on instagram later yeah so maybe we'll call it the getting up challenge (laughs) okay <laughs> Which that can be uh, eluded in so many ways. All right, so right now, Brian is the applesauce. 
Yes. Oh my god. Um, now, she goes without socks. I'm gonna slip and fall. Yes. So now this is turning into the crate challenge without any crates. Okay. So now, oh no, Brian, no, no, how do no, you no, use hang it? On, I know. I know. I cheated <laughs> just then. I, I was gonna ask a question. Okay. Do I have to like stand straight up or just get up in general without my hands? Stand straight up. Yes. Like, so I'm sitting your face... and I have to stand up. Yes, correct. That's not gonna happen. Okay, but I'll try it in so, hand. I go from a squat position all the way up. And try this at home. Send us pictures of you doing this. All right. So he's crisscross right now. Snickers <laughs> gets in the way. He is literally. Think about a turtle. Okay, now he's on his knees. All right, yay! I did it. I felt like I was you gonna die, it. but I did it. <laughs> yes. So I guess when I was looking this up, that requires a lot of hip movement and also like dealing with your IT band, leg muscles, and everything. Because you know I'm such a physical therapist right now. <laughs> right. After, of course, you've you looked know. everything up, and now you're the expert. <laughs> yes, I'm the expert. Totally. That's what happens. So what was your thought process that's going through that? As I was getting up? Yeah, as you were getting up. So I have a history of having terrible balance. Like I've tried skateboarding and other things like that, and I'm just like the worst. So I don't know if you heard me, if you could pick up my audio. I don't know how loud I was being, but I was saying that I was I had to like take off my socks because I knew I that. knew that if I tried with socks on the hardwood floor, I would probably like straight up fall and die. So that was my I'm afraid of short heights. Huh? I'm afraid of short heights. Like in a sense, like okay. So something just as simple as that, or like the crate challenge, like you can literally just fall and like break a bone in a body. Like I've sprained an ankle plenty of times, but I haven't broken a bone a bone. Let me uh Okay, knock on uh, fake Ikea wood. And <laughs> hopefully, like, that doesn't happen. Now, mind you, I feel like a, let's say, a height from a building, uh, yeah, I am still, like, afraid of that. But, like, if I fall from a building, I know I'm going to die. I'm just like, okay, well, you know, there's right, so my there, there, there's no fear of, like, lasting pain. It's just like, all right, it's just over. Yeah, it's just over. I'm okay with that. But if it's lasting pain where I have to go to the hospital, I have to like do some type of rehabilitation. I'm just like, no, F it. F it all. I don't want to go through that whole process. All right. So I'll keep that in mind of like, if I want to either murder you or torture you, it's either from a high height and just let it be over with or keep you dangling from like really close, like from the roof of a house or something, from like a one or two story home. Where you might get injured but not die. And that's going to be much more torturous for you. <laughs> you can murder me like Michael Myers. Yes. Slash me, Zaddy. Okay. So, <laughs> Japan. Uh, and Luke. Luke was a guest. And he was wonderful. Um, he's just so positive. Like, I, I feel you like... You can definitely feel that. Like, like that sense... Yeah, I feel of like, just okay. Keep interrupting me. That's fine. You go. Oh, I go. Thank you so much. It, it is the start, or about to be the start of Hispanic Heritage Month. So I need you to let me have my time. Okay, I'm reclaiming my time. All right, let's go. <laughs> uh, no, what I was gonna say is like I feel like all of our guests, you know, always 
try to do things and talk like about challenges and see the positive in the challenges and like how they've grown and whatever. But I feel like Luke was just like in a flat line because I don't know. I feel like that sounds like death or bore the, or something boring. But it was just like straightforward positivity about everything. And I guess it does help that he learned a lot of those lessons from when he was a young kid. But I feel like, I mean, I did martial arts, like both as a kid, I did karate. I don't know what kind of was specifically. I don't remember. Um, but I did karate when I was a kid. And then I've tried like Muay Thai when I was older. And I enjoyed them as like a sport part of it. But I don't think I've had, for lack of better words, as awakening of an experience as um, Luke has. So I just really like how much he has not only taken away from when he was a kid, but pretty much like made it his lifestyle and life process since. So I think that was really cool. I think that he's definitely like an old soul in a sense that you can learn anything from anything. And I think that definitely from his martial arts and from his experiences, he learned about about life and he even connected it through life and i think at such a young age just being aware of that i really loved his story that he was saying about before he did martial arts or during his whole process that he didn't just jump into the martial arts and i think that a lot of you know Martial arts centers, you know, they just kind of just like throw you into it. Um, as far as I remember, when I was a kid, it was just like, all right, this is how stances work, and then this is how. You know, hey, yeah, that's how it was for it, me it, too. It, right. Yeah, but then it was very interesting that he learned from, I guess, as a ninja perspective, from the shadows. So he learned, <laughs> yeah. you know, about the stances, about the movement first through his training. Then he was able to apply it so then i think that he had like a, a better sense of understanding about what martial arts was about and controlling his urges and his emotions uh through that i think there's some uh, i learned this through yoga and through my yoga instructor was that there is pleasure and pain through suffering like there's a sense of a balance. So I'm a very stiff person and that I have a hard time even, well, actually, no, not anymore. But before I did yoga, I had a hard time uh, touching the floor with my hands. And I'm a lanky person to, to begin with. Mm-hmm. So six, three, you know, guy here and having a hard time just like touching the floor. But through going through uh, yoga. For, for our stalkers out there, you're six, three, uh, what color eyes? I have uh, just a dark brown eyes. You know, you can just pierce th- uh, through okay, them. Okay, I'm sorry. And you I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I caused the distraction. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just keep going to your point. No, don't apologize. <laughs> just keep on going through it. I was about to go back to it, man. All right. So as so as I'm going through this whole uh, yoga process, there is this one stance that he wanted us to go into a baby it's called a like a baby pose like rocking baby pose to a comfortable seated position so you had to rock yourself up oh i see oh yeah into a comfortable seat and i had a hard time through that and then he just walked by he's all like there's pleasure and pain through suffering 
And I was just all like, what the f- I like, like, <laughs> I wonder if that's like the same premise as like no pain, no gain. You know, like how when you're working out, like it starts to hurt and like you want to give up because it's painful and it's tiring. But like if you're not pushing through that and you're not mm-hmm. gaining anything, you're just complaining and giving up. So I wonder if it's like the same mindset. Yeah, I, I think so. It is. And then at the same time, I think you and me, we always discuss about being comfortable with the uncomfortable. That's right. It's that same aspect, but just in a different uh, format that you you get to learn something about yourself and about your resistances through that experience. Right. Absolutely. Um. I mean, con- All right, is there something wrong? Is there something wrong with your finger? I was gonna say, continue with my professionalism. Although I have been paying attention to you, I've also been like staring at my finger because I think I have a splinter, and it's been bothering me. But hey, no pain, no gain. So I'm gonna just deal with it. There's pleasure and pain through suffering. Right. So all of that. Um, <laughs> I forgot my train of thought. Oh, I was gonna say, uh, I've already wanted to go to Japan. Like that's always been like a big thing for me, and numero uno, yeah. yes, same. And I had I had talked to Luke also a little bit before our interview, and just the way that he talks about Japan, um, like it just like increases my want to go like tenfold because he's so passionate about it and like how deeply involved he's gotten in and you know because of like work and whatever else i've always said like okay maybe i'll go for like a week i want to experience all the things and clearly a week is not enough so no i think week is not enough for japan or or, or, i mean for anywhere for that matter yeah yeah yeah, absolutely but it's just there's just so much that like i love from like the history to like the modernism i don't know that's a word or i just made it up but like no that is a word modernism modernism and you can't even say it so i don't know if i should take (laughs) (laughs) correct uh but yeah i just i just appreciate all of that so it was just very exciting listening to all those things I think the the biggest thing that I've learned uh, through Luke is about controlling your urges and then also just taking note of your awareness of where you are yeah. within that moment and just having that presence of being present mm-hmm. in the presence of others. Yeah, being, and even be, just being even, present even, in even the presence yourself. of the present. Yes. Man, we just gotten so meta here. (laughs) (laughs) We need to start like just like writing this down and just like making to again like uh, like, t-shirts or stickers or something. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, t-shirts. Yeah, t-shirt stickers. Just making into a book. You know, the philosophy of life by Jerome and Brian. (laughs) I'll be all. I think that's a good take. Uh, And you know, it's funny thinking about like being present in the presence of the present. The conversation was so positive that I actually omitted one of my my rapid fire questions because i originally i I, I was like okay girl i see who you're channeling right that's my little Brene brown (laughs) yeah because i did have just three questions then i looked at one of them and i was like uh i'm gonna replace it i ended up coming up with two more because like he had talked about when i asked him about japan of like how like there's so much good things that he can talk about and how much he loves it and of course, Japan has its flaws, but just he said they were so minimal in comparison to the good things. So I wanted to ask him to name one of the flaws of Japan. 
But I was like, no, our, it's been so positive. I don't want to be like, okay, now be nasty to Japan and say something bad. <laughs> so that alone. naming a flaw or something it isn't such a, a bad thing. Because I think that, you know, just as there's a balance, there's there's negative and there's positivity. There, there has to be a light and a dark. Uh, you know, for there to be balance and just say it's a yin and a yang. Yeah, I was actually thinking of like, <laughs> what is that word? <laughs> so I was like, let me just circle around everything that represents it. And I'm so glad, Brian, that we balance each other. That you were able to say that. So thank you. I am um, the yin to your yang. Yes, although, absolutely. or maybe, although, maybe I'm the yin to your yang. Whichever. Although I did just look it up because I thought I, we were about to do some sort of like cultural misrepresentation because we were just talking about Japan, but the yin and yang's Chinese in origin. So, Ooh, look what we just did! Oh my gosh! Yeah. So, Damn. hey, listen. Yes. But, but the whole thing is learning from your mistakes. So I didn't even let the episode finish without correcting myself. So. Japanese, Absolutely. Chinese, not the same. Yin and Yang, Chinese originated. Yes, at, at least but according at, to at the same. Though. But at the same time, like even when I mean, I haven't been to Japan yet, but you know, Rob has, and there he tells me that there is such a balance with like nature, life, and yeah, yeah, yeah. and everything. Oh, this is what I was going to say about a uh, flaw. This is one thing I heard about a flaw of Japan. So I wonder if I'm going to see that while we're there. But I. Or probably not because we're not living we're just visiting japan which is totally you know different mm-hmm. mindset mm-hmm. but one thing i've heard that uh life in japan that people don't like is that japanese people don't get into other people's business even when they need to so in a sense of let's oh, say kind, for, kind of like the bystander effect yes 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 they kind of just like go about their way and they don't get involved with other people's business which that could be uh you know, that, that could be a good thing, but at the same time, that could be a detriment. Um, so it's not about... Uh, and th- I think this is majority, and I know I'm making a huge assumption here, so everyone can come for me for this, I'll, I'll allow it, is that there is an assumption about that there's harmony that you shouldn't rock the boat. And I say that among, you know, Chinese culture as well as uh, Korean culture, Japanese culture, just... Overall, that there is a sense of that you should be able to harmony harmonize with other people and with life. I agree with but that. But yeah, I would I would love to observe that. Just as Luke said, that he loves to immerse himself in culture and not just about the history, but also about mm-hmm. the people and the way of life. That is also my biggest thing uh, through travel. I love to see how people live uh, their everyday lives and just understand uh, how they work. Which that leads to my plus Delta. So for my plus would be to connect with your, connect and listen to your body. I think that is so important in this day and age. Sorry, you said this is your plus? Yes, this is my plus. Thank you for listening. I was just clarifying. (laughs) (laughs) Don't feel as if it was an attack. It wasn't. It wasn't an attack at all. You laughed too hard for me not to believe that was an attack. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It wasn't. It wasn't. And so connecting, I think in our day and age, 
we're just so used to living a sedentary and leisureous life that I think we forget to connect with our bodies and just take a moment to listen to what our body is saying. Mm -hmm. Uh, such as, for example, last week, I just woke up woke up with a crick in my neck. I just had a really just hard time in my right shoulder, just like moving and turning in a certain way. And so I just thought to myself, oh, well, maybe you should sleep on the other side or sleep on your back. And maybe, you know, just take a moment to release some stress at that moment. What It could be something that is hurting me at that moment. I think that listening to what our body is saying, we can gain more understanding about ourselves that way. My delta would be a change of being fearless. And this is something that I'm working on because I know for me, my anxiety is definitely connected to fears uh, that is in my personal life. And the moments that I'm led to be more compassionate about myself, I'm more led to be fearless. And I think that's one thing I learned from Luke is that he is so patient with himself and understanding himself that, you know, he doesn't get like really, and I mean, I know he probably does have like his moments of like, you know, anger and getting mad at, at himself. But I think that having that sense of, hey, try this and it's okay that you fail. I think that's such a lesson that I could learn, you know, for myself. And I think that's a continuous journey. So hopefully I am not quoting this incorrectly. I'm going to join some Brene Brown at you. And I believe one of the things, one of the things that she said is that we shouldn't necessarily be fearless. We should just own the fear instead of the fear owning us. So like if we're afraid of something, we should start, still try to do it anyway. Like the fear might not necessarily mean a sign of something negative that's to come, but just of a challenge or something new that we're not ready for, or we think we're not ready for. So pushing through the fear as opposed to being fearless is very important. Ding. Yeah. So I'm just going to throw that on there. Yes. Uh, I'm going to keep that in mind. That's an interesting mindset. I don't remember if it was her who said it or somebody that she interviewed or whatever, but I'm going to leave that for you. But anyway, we can't move you know, basic cooking skills and like doing whatever before making a big new recipe, whatever it may be. If you forget the foundationals, I mean, the foundation, no steps or the foundational pieces, then you're going to slack off on everything else because all the basics build onto something different. So I, I love that he focused on that. That was definitely my plus, um, for that. Um, as far as my Delta goes though, in that same avenue, I wish more people took things like academics in the same way that they do sports. I feel like a lot of athletes think about those fine foundational things and think about like, oh, I'm going to keep practicing, I'm going to keep practicing, I'm going to keep practicing. I want to get better at throwing the football. I want to get better at shooting threes, whatever it may be. And... They work on those financial skills and drills every time that they practice and whatever else. But then I think when it comes to school, people don't realize that a lot of the academic work works the same way. So I'm going to throw the math example again, just because I used to teach math and it's very easy for me to explain. But a lot of middle schoolers and high schoolers starts talking about like, Oh, how much they struggle with math and whatever. And like, I don't really need to know my times tables because eventually 
I can use a calculator and whatever. And yes, it's true. You don't walk around getting tested random person in the street. Hey, what's seven times seven? And you have to know that. Um, 21. I hate you. Um, <laughs> but I think it's just one of those things of like, if you're trying to learn something, you need to know the basics to work everything else. So with the calculator example that I was saying before you threw like a 2010 reference out there, um, was that, okay, I can use a calculator to solve a problem, but if I don't know the basic structure of the problem, I don't know what I'm inputting in the calculator. I don't know what order I'm inputting it into the calculator. So I'm still going to get the answer wrong, even though this magical box of technology can give me all the answers. So all those foundational skills, whether it's, again, sports, academic, or otherwise, you need to be refreshing yourself on those. You need to be practicing them. Because if anything else becomes more difficult in the future, just like Luke said, the best thing you can do is break it apart into smaller pieces, see what you know, see what you don't know, use what you do know to figure out what you don't know. So I think we need to, for lack of better words, get back to basics in all aspects of life and rework the problems. Boom, yes. another quote for you. Bam, the basics of the basics. Get to the basics. Which, speaking of the basics, you know that um, I like when people communicate with us. Did you know that? Yeah, me too. You know, that is the basics of life in human connection is through communicating. Communicating through Twitter, through Instagram at Plus Delta Pod, sometimes Facebook. You can communicate on Facebook with uh, Plus Delta Podcast. And I think we have a website that allows comments on certain blog posts and stuff. So, hey plusdelta.org communicate with us friends we're here to connect with you have a great day everybody farewell y'all